Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Let's go back to it right now. The Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Spent uh, so much time watching this guy. Obviously, you were growing up and just uh, one of the during the the pacer greatness. And of course, that run to the NBA finals in the 2000s and the end of the 1990s was a staple here, a staple throughout the NBA, obviously collegiately at North Carolina. And we'll be celebrating this NBA All-Star Weekend. Coming up on Sunday here at the Slippery Noodle, where we are right now with a hell of a party with uh, former teammate Dale Davis. It's uh, Sam Perkins, Big Smooth on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hello, Sam. How are you? Good. How you doing? Apologize for the lateness, but I was in that snow. Oh, now, are you struggling to get around out there right now, Sam? Well, I went to the airport, and so trying to maneuver in between, I, somehow I couldn't call, so I apologize for that. That's all right, man. If uh, if the big smooth can't get around, I don't know if I have much of an opportunity to get around myself right there. I, well, I, I, uh, I put it through there and uh, made it, yeah. so thank you. Well, good. That's good. I, what's um, you know, Obviously, one of your stops in your long NBA career, what, what's, what's it mean for a place – to have the NBA All-Star Weekend upon it as we do here in Indy, Sam? Well, I really think that Indy, you know, they they, they definitely made the conditions better to have one, you know, as far as, and, and, and far as talking about the arena. You know, I, oh, the arena was more or less like too small a venue so that uh, it can be, uh, it, it wasn't available to do an All-Star game such as uh, suites and things like that. But I really think that Indiana really deserves one because you got so much nostalgia here, so much um, NBA uh, people and players that from the past, from the ABA as well, to make it official to have an all-star game here. So with Larry Bird and Reggie Miller and Mark Jackson, Mel Daniels, um, Darnell Hillman, George McGinnis, it's, it's appropriate to have something like that. Um, favorite here. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. This has kind of been my theme today. And with the snow, I, hopefully that doesn't hurt at all with the weather, but it's just the spotlight has been on a state that is known for basketball and a market that's known for basketball. But right. it's also, Sam, as you know, by being here, you you got to sell it. It's like Glen Gary, Glen Ross. I mean, you, you always got to be closing with this market. And I, I think that this is a spotlight that you would want with a growing team like the Pacers with an elite-level star like Tyrese Halliburton, who is out in front also selling this city, this franchise, and this team moving forward. I think that that is as important as anything to the Pacers right now with this in mind. Well, I think, and you're right because you don't have to, you don't really have to sell it, but you know, you you have the all the all the tools necessary to have one, and you have the personalities, the players, like you just said, the current team, uh, Rick Carlisle, um, doing a great job this year, 
you have all the essentials to, to have a, a all-star game, to have people to come out. Because I believe you hosted Super Bowls and things of that nature, you know, expos and uh, car racing, you know, all the, all the things that are intimate here, that it, it was due for a all-star game. So, I mean, I congratulate the people, the city that made this possible and refurbishing the, the Conseco. I don't, I don't know the name of it right now, so apologize. No, but, it's okay. It's Gamebridge Fieldhouse. It's like the uh, the third yeah. revolution of names here now. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, they they've done an excellent job on, on making it happen. So they got it ready, and so this is probably the last cold city that they'll have an All Star game uh, for a while. <laughs> yes, it's Sam Perkins on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Over 15,000 points, over, uh, what, 7,600 rebounds in his long career. You know, it's funny. I had a former teammate of yours on yesterday, and Eddie Johnson. And I always oh. bring this up because, yeah, you guys in, in Seattle, are we going to see a time, and he believes we will, when Seattle – gets another NBA team. And what was a, an incredible market? You were there, a fired-up right. fan base, great market that just had it plucked out of there so easily as it did. Will we see a team, a franchise, get back there again? Well, you know, that's what I, we, I'm always asking uh, Commissioner Silva if, if all we I – mean, he told me yes in the, in the next years to come because the plan is to do Vegas, Seattle and Vegas. And with that said – uh, it's, it's almost similar to Indiana trying to get an all, uh, all-star game here, there rather, excuse me, and a, and a team because the market is so prevalent to have one that everybody in, in Seattle misses basketball. It's a basketball city. The players like going up there because it is a different city. It's called the Emerald City. So, and I and I have still ties there. So with that said. Everybody likes it there, and it's it's conducive for a team's fans because they have the Seahawks, they have the Kraken now, and they have the Mariners. So it's a it's a sports town for sure. So I, I see the same similarities in Indiana uh, with 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 a team far as going there, but also hosting a um, because oh, and they changed the uh, they they renovated their uh, climate. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, the uh, arena. So, I mean, it's yeah. a good thing. It's, it's almost a plus for that to happen. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what Eddie Johnson said yesterday. He said, yeah, you're going to end up getting Vegas, um, and then you're going to end up getting Seattle back, too. He, he was outspoken about the way and the fashion in which the Sonics left. Because, as you mentioned, right up until the end, right up until they left, right. people were coming out. They were selling out. People were excited. It would just came down to, you know, the whole not building on a time frame or a schedule, I guess, in a new stadium in which they wanted and then ultimately opened the door. So you'd have to think at some point they, they rewrite what was so wrong to have done in the past with a lot in mind. And I'm assuming you as well as your former teammate, Eddie Johnson. Right. They have they and. and they tested the waters because not all, all with all that Eddie said and that you just mentioned, they have preseason games up there. So they have the Clippers and Portland. And so the past two years I've been, and it's nothing been sort of a sellout. So that's how excited they are when they changed the, the atmosphere, the scenery, and, and made it so brand new 
as they did in here at at, uh, at uh, Indiana. It's 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 got to be happening soon or in the next two three years. How much NBA are you watching nowadays? All the time. <laughs> you know, I'm down there. Who, who do you down. watch? Who do you find yourself watching the most? Well, I see Dallas all the time because I'm in Dallas. But I yeah. try to every time I turn on the TV, it's always Golden State or the Lakers doing something. Denver, I, I enjoy watching Denver. I enjoy watching Indiana too because they they're young and exciting. But at the same time, uh, I'm I'm so I see Dallas a lot because it's on it's on more. So I don't get to see as uh, Indy and all the, the teams outside of Dallas. Hey, Sam, we see this now with the importance of the three-point shot. And over the course of your career, you weren't always a three-point shooter. What compelled you to develop that three-point shot to become a huge part of your arsenal? I wanted to stay longer in the league. <laughs> so, well done. <laughs> well done. I mean... Yeah, well. Yeah, it's almost like you're ahead of your time with that now, too, as far as being a big man and developing developing at three. And now most big men in the NBA have done just like that. Yeah, my mom had me too early, I think, you know. So, I mean, with, with, all, that, with all that aside, it was pretty much a – it was almost a teach yourself how to shoot threes because it was effective in, um, a little bit in Dallas. But it came to – fruition in uh, Seattle because George Carl had an open offense and he was, you yeah. know, doing all those type of things, the big big man on the outside. So I uh, started it in L.A. and uh, shooting with Byron Scott after after I did my big man drills. He told me to come down and get some. So I went down there and he always beat me. But Mike Dunleavy is really one that truly started me, me and Vlade, to say you need to work on that. So once we did, it became effective for strategy purposes because back then we had big men, you know, official big men in the middle, like Elijah Wan, uh, Mark Eden, um, Robinson. So with all that said, began working on it. And then when I got fluid with it, George Carl was the same way, like, we need you outside a lot to draw draw the big man in. So in the Western Conference, that's all it was. So it helped me a lot. It helped the teams that I played with a lot, and and that's basically how I got to uh, Indiana, backing up Rick yeah. Smith. Yeah, you were ahead of your time though, when you consider it that way. I mean, now now you look at all the big men and what they have to do. And uh, you're, you're absolutely ahead of your time, considering what the NBA is looking for in a big. Well, I, I, I did I did meet one guy. I, I mean, I meet him, but I actually talked to Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, he, he he's a guy maybe that probably in some some similarities. I'm not, I'm not as clumsy as him. I didn't fall like he does. <laughs> but at the same time. He's one of the guys that I talked to, and he said he patterned his game a little bit, like you know, from mine. So, all that said, um, I mean, it, it was a strategy back then. Now it's more for analytic purposes. Like if you shoot the three more, you know, things of that nature, they they get the odds of getting a rebound back or something. But I'm sure my coaches at the time wouldn't think about analytics. They were thinking about trying to win games and strategy. Well, and you're right about George Carl. I mean, you, you, there are a lot of teams you could have gone to the NBA 
and they wouldn't utilize you in the fashion in which he did that kind of started you on. I don't, want to, I don't know if I want to call it the second half of your career, but without that offensive style and strategy, I mean, maybe you, you don't get utilized to the point to where you ultimately did and became such an even more of a value from that point in your career moving forward. Well, I'll tell you a short story. Um, and you're right, it's true. It almost like it was two halves, two different halves. But I was here in Indiana, so once I got here, you know, you have to do your big man drill. And, you know, you know, you had to do whatever after you do for practice. But you had to get shots up. So Bird was the coach at the time. And uh, so I finished my big man drills. And then I was walking out. He was like, where are you going? He said, get some shots up. And so... I had to shoot probably maybe 200 shots before, you know, threes going in. So I told him, you don't have to. He said, don't make me move all over the place. So with that said, I had to concentrate on making threes. And that helped me a lot because he said, all you got to do is make one to make a difference. Because when the game time came, if I just made one, now the strategy changes. So now they don't know what to do, whether they eye on on Mark or eye on uh, Reggie or whomever it was that he was, like, animate for me to come down there and shoot shoot threes with him. So it got better because of the fact he was always there in my corner. And uh, and that's and that's how, you know, how effective he thought I was. And, all I, all, and it, made a, it made a big difference in my thinking because he said, you only got to make one. And it changed the whole, you know, perception of the game. Yeah, you got to be a threat. And want yeah. you as a threat wherever you are on the floor. I mean, they you got to be able to game plan for you wherever you are. And that's where you see certainly today. That's just something that, you know, you got you started what an evolution we have seen with the big man shooting a three of value that is prominent now in the NBA. Sam Perkins with us. Before I let you go, you got a big party here at the Slippery Noodle coming up on Sunday night, right? Well, not just me, Dale Davis as well, but um it's it's yes I do it's at the Slippery Noodle and uh, we invited I invited all my uh, legend friends and uh, a few friends that I know in, in the city to come and, uh, and for a watch party to watch the game the tickets were a little too high for some people so instead we have a lot of friends from the NBA a lot of former players because I work with the Art Retired Players Association and so they wanted to do something and they're staying till Monday so it's a chance for them to get together listen to some live music to a couple of bands we have and we also having the uh we want to you know uh, talk about the divine nine which is sororities fraternities in the in the city of uh in the, in the state of indiana in the city of indianapolis to come out and join us as well starting at eight o'clock on sunday night so we expect a lot of fun relaxed relaxed uh, atmosphere but I've been to Slippery Noodle maybe twice since since I was in Indiana as far as uh, when I worked here for the Pacers. And uh, it's a pretty nice place. And uh, so the, the music I want to hear because my, the guy, the, Gino, the the uh, the uh, promoter, he yep. says it's going to be nice. So I, I believe him and I want everybody yep. to come out. They're not doing anything. Well, we will send that out because I am sitting here in the Slippery Noodle right now, Sam. So right here before you, I am here doing this show, and it is incredibly nice. I am here, and I get to bail here at 6. I got to go up and do a Q&A with Oscar Robertson. You want to go? I went to his school. I went to his high school the other day. Oh, you went to Christmas Addicts? 
Yes, I was there with the kids. I was there with the students and talking to them, going from uh, oh man, class to class, and uh, they they gonna. I'm sure everybody knows, but uh, he's here in town, and so he's 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 a icon. So I'm sure he's yes. gonna be recognized while he's here. No, nah, we're going to spread the word about the party on Sunday as well. I get a bail here at 6 to go up and uh, do a Q&A with him in our building. But, uh, man, it's great to talk with you. I'd love to do it again. I, I just love talking to, to players of that era and how it has changed, but how you yourself, I mean, you're basically on that springboard to what we see a big man today in the NBA, man. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. Have a great time in Indy despite the weather right now. Man, who who said it was going to snow? Nobody. I know it. Nobody did. Last week, seriously, sunny blue skies and 50 last week at this time. I thought I was in New York. <laughs> hey, man, it's going to be a great party. It's always an, an absolute enjoyment in talking to you. Hopefully we do it again soon, Sam. Have a great weekend here. Thanks, thanks for having me again. I apologize for the time and stuff like that. No problem whatsoever. We'll make sure people get to the party coming up on Sunday, too. That, ladies and gentlemen, the big, smooth Sam Perkins on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, Andy Moore Automotive. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Automotive Group Hotline. Voice of the Hoosiers, I'm sure, just comfortably, warmly tucked away in his Greenwood mansion. Don Fisher joins us now. Hello, Don. How are you? I'm good, but I've never heard my home called a mansion. The Greenwood mansion. That's what it is (laughs) right there. Well, I guess your definition is different than mine. We were we were. I uh, thought about it when I went in the parking lot at Center Grove North High School, or check that Center Grove North Middle School earlier this week. My daughter had a game there, and I go, you know what? The mansion of Don Fisher is not too far from this point, not too far at all. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not a mansion, but it's very comfortable. Well, and you're not getting out right. You're not going to mess with this weather right now. I'm assuming, correct? Uh, that is correct, sir. I, I literally have uh, been thinking about going out and starting to shovel, so I don't have so much to shovel when it gets done. <laughs> so do we have that much down there right now? Right now, I would say there's a good three to four inches. Man, we weren't supposed to get that, were we? I thought it was like one to two, or if we're lucky. Uh, it's more than one to two, I can tell you that. Man, that stinks. Big time right there. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yesterday, Don, I mentioned this. I was talking to Eddie Johnson, and at the end of the conversation, he was sitting across from Mike Woodson having lunch with him. Obviously, I, I thought maybe they had a relationship. I didn't know that their their relationship – I know it goes back many years, but seemingly they were very, very close. It, you talk about NBA All-Star Weekend around here. It it reaches so many levels basketball-wise, and, and I think it is so good for Indy. It is so good for the Pacers. And I mentioned this earlier, too. I love the way that Tyrese Halliburton is out, and he is, he is recruiting. He is endlessly, tirelessly recruiting, you know, this market, this city, this organization, and his team with the spotlight brightly on him right now. And you couldn't ask for anything better, even with this weather. 
No, that's absolutely right. Uh, Tyrese uh, is such a pleasant, pleasant. Uh, I don't know how to ex- exactly express myself when it comes to players that that do things beyond the norm. In other words, yeah. with the community, um, and then have the personality to to pull off, you know, all kinds of opportunities from a public perspective. Um, he's just a terrific young man. Obviously, he's got tremendous talent as a basketball player, but beyond that, he is very much one of those people that you really like to be around. And actually, he's kind of a Pied Piper type guy in that respect. He really draws people to him. Well, you know, I was talking about this earlier. Reggie Miller said it last night. It was something I said on the show yesterday is that this is a great time to be able, you know, to put the Pacers into that focus for everybody. And you constantly have to be recruiting in this market for to get that sustainability for winning because it's an right. NBA small market and you know you're not like New York or not like you know Miami or LA where you can just snap your fingers to be a destination location you've got to sell it in terms of basketball and other aspects here and I love it because he recognizes that and that's exactly what he's doing yeah exactly I mean and he's the perfect guy to do these kinds of things if you know what I mean he really yeah. is. Yeah, I, I think about this. I think that, you know, we talked about you know the All-Star game originally being scheduled for 2021 and then COVID undercut that. But I think this is a better time, a better moment to do it right now, considering the type of season the Pacers have had. It's better now than it even was back in 2021, I think, to see what they have to offer. And if you're somebody maybe further down the road wanting to be a part of it. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You know, it, if it would have been held in 2020, um, even with COVID uh, being a factor, it would have been awful. Uh, it wouldn't have happened, obviously. But at the same time, I think it is better at this point because now you have a Tyrese Halliburton that could actually help sell this this marketplace and what he what he's able to do here as a player. And now you've got him on the All Star team, and uh, everybody's excited about that in this city. Um, it, it it couldn't be a better time to have this all-star game. I don't think there's any question about it. Completely get with you on that. What about a week's plus off for this IU team before they take on a banged-up Northwestern squad? If you watched them last night, man, right there, Rutgers has now won four consecutive. No more Ty Berry, which is just brutal for Chris Collins' team. Right. Is it a, a good time to get Northwestern in your building on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> don't want to get carried away with my optimism, but I do think this is an opportunity uh, because with Ty Berry uh, and the way Northwestern has played most of this season, you would say it's going to be a really, really difficult challenge for Indiana. But uh, without Ty Berry, it does open it up a little bit. No question about that. Uh, that doesn't say that Indiana's going to win this ball game because we know who's who's probably the guy stirring the drink as far as the Cats are concerned, Mets Boo Booey. And this guy is murder on teams like Indiana. He just has his way. Uh, He certainly did last year. We only play him one time this year. Um, Last year he won the game for him at the buzzer. Um, I think they're a better team this year than they were a year ago, to be quite honest about it. But Barry's injury has probably factored into that negative a little bit. So, uh, I think this is a big challenge for this Indiana basketball team, even though they've had seven days in between ball games and now will play on the eighth day, so to speak. 
Um, I, I don't know what we're going to get from this Indiana ball club. I don't know where their heads are at at this juncture. I have not seen practice this week. I do know this. This is a basketball team that has been pretty resilient this year, coming back after a, a difficult loss. And obviously the Purdue game was exactly that. They did not play well in that contest. So what you hope is that these guys with the pride factor involved bounce back and are resilient and play their best basketball game at some time because they're probably going to have to do that against this Wildcat team. I mean, Northwestern, I mean, Chris Collins has done a tremendous job with this program over the last three years now. Um, and, and without question, these guys are confident. They believe they can beat anybody they go up against. And without Barry, of course, last night, it became a factor, no doubt about it. But at the same time, other guys have stepped up. The Langboard kid has really looked good for them. Brooks Barnheiser is just a, has been a difference maker this year for their roster, getting better in his performances. Um, the Nicholson guy is not a, a tremendous uh, inside post player, but he's big and strong and difficult to move, and he will be a problem for in, Indiana's, Indiana's inside game. Uh, the Martinelli kid is coming on now. He's been a starter ever since Barry got hurt. He's playing pretty well. Um, they're not as deep as they were without Barry. There's no question about that. And their bigs are the key to their ball club. Nicholson, Hunger. Um, I'm trying to remember the other uh, the other big guy. That, and they have three bigs in there. Uh, maybe it's yeah. Blake Preston. Yeah, they, Blake Preston yes. is the other one. They got three bigs that they can put in there and bang the crap out of, out of your front line people and make it difficult. So, um, they don't have much of a bench after that, but they do have the three bigs inside that can help them. And I think that'll be a challenge for both Malik and with uh, Khalil Ware as well. No, you're 100% right. And Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, joins us. Here's what occurs to me right off the jump. And you have seen this a lot of times. Are uh, you not be able to match the intensity enough of the other team? This Northwestern team is one of those teams where you have to do that. Because if you don't, as you mentioned, especially with Bowie in that backcourt, you get buried early and often if you don't match their intensity. And their head coach kind of just, that's what he instills in this team. And that, that to me, is with or without Barry. Right. Exactly right. And they're holding teams to 69 points a ball game. I mean, they're, they're not going to just let you run around out there and do what you want to do. They're, they're good defensively. And uh, Chris Lowry, who has come on board there, I think this is his second year, as a defensive coordinator, so to speak, for their off for their for their team under Chris Collins, has done a remarkable job of getting getting these guys to play so hard at the defensive end of the floor, uh, and that's a big factor going up against Indiana tomorrow. I think that's where Indiana is going to have their problems. They're going to have to find a way to score the basketball against a defense that is as aggressive as just about anybody that you play. Yeah, and you mentioned Brooks Barnheiser. He is the guy normally that will take. If you're talking about guard or forward, he will take the most difficult matchup on the opposition. He's kind of that's what he's kind of transitioned into that player that he can also score for you offensively, but he's going to guard you on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean he's he's averaging 14 points a game, <laughs> and that's really good for a ball club like like Northwestern. He's not 
He's not the second or third choice, so to speak, uh, when you think about Northwestern. Obviously, Bowie is number one, and Barry was number two. But the Langborg kid that's a transfer from Princeton has really been good offensively for him. And Barnheiser is the number three scorer on their – or the number two scorer on their ball club at 14.3 a game. So when you look at this, this Northwestern team, they've got a lot of good pieces out there. The Martinelli kid has come on here, and he's played pretty solid for him in Barry's spot. But he's not Ty Barry. He's not the three-point threat that he that uh, Barry was. Although Martinelli's hitting or forty-one percent of his field goals in three, uh, in Big Ten play, so he doesn't take as many. But he is certainly a guy capable of knocking him down. Yeah, this is a game where you just at home. You just you can't drop that at home, I guess, Northwestern. Coming off that loss last night, too, and yeah, that had to be just something that, you know, obviously Rutgers comes back, gets that shot to fall late, difference maker in Piscataway. And the thing about Northwestern, too, Don, is they had high expectations, and they were just growing as the season went along. And that kind of goes to show you, if you lose one guy of that magnitude, how that can kind of deflate your team to a level but they still go out and play as hard as they absolutely can, even without that important aspect that's available in their lineup. Yep. I mean, and, and they've won some road ball games this year. It's not a team that's incapable of beating you when you play them uh, on the road and when you, you know, when they're on the road, I should say. So uh, let's face it. I mean, this is a basketball program that has gotten better under Collins here in the last several years. Now this is his 11th season at that school. He's had some pretty good ball, cob, ball, ball clubs. Uh, Brent McIntosh's seasons there were pretty good. Another Indiana kid that he had. And uh, now he's an assistant coach in this ball club. Now, I guarantee you, that's one of the reasons that they get up for Indiana is because of McIntosh and, and what he believes he brings to the table in that regard. No doubt about that. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Anything at all you can search and take away as a positive from what was yeah, another 20-pointer at the hands of Purdue last week? That's just one. I, I'm assuming you, you just got to move on and forget completely about it. Well, I, I, I will say this. With six minutes and 13 seconds to go, when Khalil Ware picked up the second foul, went to the bench, Indiana was right in the ballgame at that point. They were down just four points with just over six minutes left in that first half. And then everything just seemed to kind of fold. I mean, with him out of the lineup, uh, Indiana was nowhere near as effective as they were inside previous to that. Uh, and, I, you know, the thing that bothers me most is that this is a rivalry ball game, and you've got to deal with that, whether it's on the road or at home. You've got to be able to have the energy to battle in a game like this, whether it looks like you're going to get beat or even if that's the, the only outcome that is foreseeable, you still got to battle. And I didn't see Indiana battle in the second half of that ball game. Not like I thought that they should. Yeah, and that's what concerns me about Sunday is because Northwestern, regardless of the circumstances, will. And we've often too much seen IU not match that intensity level. And, Don, you know what's coming on Sunday. It is. Yep, it's going to come. There's, they're they're going to try to bounce back in a big way. Northwestern we're talking about here. There's no question about that. They still believe that they're in the hunt uh, for one of those top four spots, spots in the Big Ten uh, when they get to the Big Ten tournament. And they are certainly in that area, even though their record now is eight and six. It was prior to that, it was pretty good at uh, eight and five. 
and they were right there. But right now it looks like Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, Wisconsin uh, are, the, are the teams right now in the hunt for a Big Ten championship. We know Purdue's going to win it. I don't think there's any question about that. But everybody else is looking for those top four spots, and Northwestern's right in the hunt in that regard. You got it. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, who's going to just go ahead and stay staked out inside the mansion in Greenwood tonight. <laughs> That's a good idea. No our table or anything for us tonight, buddy. No, no. We went to, the, we went our, uh, to our table earlier this week, so we've got, we went there for Valentine's Day, so we're good. Ah, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> That's a good gentleman. <laughs> Don't even ask me what I did for Valentine's Day, by the way. Couldn't have been that bad. Oh, yeah. yes, it uh, it normally is. Yeah, <laughs> normally is. I'm not the uh, brightest bulb, as they say, Don. Let me tell you, unfortunately. So well, I think you're you're in the same ballpark I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. I'll uh, talk at you next week. Have a great broadcast on Sunday with IU Northwestern. What time you guys hit the air? We will be on the air at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. All right, then. 2 o'clock, 93 <laughs> WIBC. <laughs> I'll tell you all about my Valentine's Day when we're in private. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. I like that. Oh, yeah. I'm It'll looking, be entertaining. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to the story. <laughs> Yes, I won't, it won't gross you out either. It'll just be entertaining, I promise. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Good job. Rob Blackman. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you who is the voice of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I may have had a, a bit of like a weird dream of you while you were doing play-by-play in that first half, and I was kind of halfway in and out of sleeping in the truck. Know what I mean? Like weird. Is this supposed to be a compliment for me? I mean, you're sleeping in the truck, dude. What is wrong with you? I was. I know. Well, the, the problem was I was um, I was I was really getting sick yesterday and I've got a weekend that's incredibly busy. And I know you felt the same way before, too. And you just can't afford to miss anything. Like I got Oscar Robertson tonight in our building uh, with a conversation. I got uh, JMV takeover tomorrow night. I got uh, winter circle before the All-Star game coming up on Sunday. I can't afford any time off for that. And I was just tired, I think. So I fell asleep when the heat was on and I woke up and you were uh, given the play by play. Now it was the first half that did not end the way that I thought, but no, that's actually a nod to you. I want to, yeah, I, I felt comfortable enough to, uh, to remain asleep in the uh, cab of the truck in this parking lot, literally right across the street here. I'm going to recant my statement. I did not realize that you had an opportunity or will have an opportunity to speak to the big O. If I had a chance to speak oh. to the big O, I would sleep in my car for three and a half hours. Absolutely no questions asked. Rob, I have done nothing but sleep. And like my blood pressure has probably skyrocketed right now because I've just like taken everything in the world, but I have gotten some sleep. I have gotten a lot of sleep and I've tried to hammer this out 
by doing that because these are just not moments, as you mentioned, that you ever want to see fly by without doing it. And I'm right there with you on that by any means necessary. Well, I'll tell you, considering everything that's going on in the great city of Indianapolis this weekend, uh, yeah, this would be a bad weekend to be feeling under the weather. So I, I feel you. And quite frankly, John, I can relate because this Purdue basketball season to this point has been so much fun. Uh, I would be my, beside myself if I got sick and had to miss a game or two. I'm having so damn much fun with this group, uh, including that game last night. And you said it the first half. Uh, maybe maybe you should have kept sleeping through the first half because it really wasn't, <laughs> uh, it wasn't one to write home about for Purdue. It was interesting because, you know, the way the first 20 minutes played out uh, is exactly how the 40-minute games, or in the case of Northwestern, 45-minute game, how those two losses against Northwestern and Nebraska played out. And that was way too many turnovers and the other team shooting a three-point ball at a miraculous clip. You look at that game last night, Purdue had seven first-half turnovers. Minnesota had only one. And Minnesota's a team that turns the ball over a bunch, like 12 and a half times a game. But they only had one first-half turnovers, not one first-half turnover, and they shot 56% from three, which, again, is way above their average. So you're looking at those first 20 minutes and you're like, oh, man, I mean, this is it. This is the formula. This is how Purdue loses. It doesn't happen often. But when it does, it happens just like what we saw in the first 20 minutes. Good news, obviously, for Purdue is second 20 minutes went much differently. Uh, Minnesota came back to earth in, in the way they were shooting the ball from three. And Purdue did a much better job of taking care of the ball. Purdue had only three second-half turnovers. And really the third one, you know, I mean, I know it counts, but it was Purdue was taking a shot clock violation just to let the clock run out. So, really, it was two second half turnovers. So, yeah, those first twenty minutes, man, had you had you having a little PTSD about what's happened to Purdue earlier in the season. But second half was a totally different story. So, Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I'd mention that Minnesota's no joke. Now they're up yeah. and down. They have been up and down. But I thought Matt said it right after the game. He said, these guys are long, they're athletic, and when they showed their shot-making ability, as you mentioned in that first half, combine that with how many times that Purdue gave it away in that first half, as you talked about. I mean, that was a combination for disaster if you didn't write that ship. And remember, I mean, they scored the first two of the second half. They were actually up 10 you know, yeah. as we begin the second half there. And then obviously Purdue, after that point in time, started chipping away. Yeah, and it was uh, a good point because uh, I went back to the coaches' locker room after the game, and that's exactly what the coaches were were bemoaning. They were saying, hey, we, we tried telling those guys for the last two days that these guys are legit. This is not the Minnesota team that won nine games last year. This is a totally different team. And you had a, guy, a freshman like Cam Christie, uh, who let's not forget now, his older brother Max played one year at Michigan State and then was off to the yeah. NBA. Now, now, I don't think Cam is going to be a one-and-done, but he's going to be an NBA guy, I think. <laughs> if, you, if you saw him play last night, you think he's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys are way improved. And Hawkins and Mitchell both transferring in uh, are high-level Division One players. So, yeah, it, that, that was really the discussion among the coaches. They, they kind of felt like it took a full 20 minutes of basketball last night for the players to realize, oh, maybe these coaches do know what they're talking about. Maybe Minnesota is legit. Maybe they do have some high-level players, and, they, and they're, and they're, and they're going to beat us if we don't get it put together here. So, uh, yeah, good point by you, man. This, this minute, anyone that saw Minnesota play last year, just erase that team from your memory because this year's team is nothing like that team. This team is, is vastly improved over that team.
And I think that they're going to be better as we get shorter here in this, this regular season. I think they're going to be, wherever they play, they're going to be a tough out with whoever they play. Because, well, and you mentioned, yeah, I, you know, Cam Christie, who is so smooth. But, man, they got, they're two bigs. Uh, Garcia's the guy who scored 24 last night, was impressive before he fouled out. But Pharrell Payne, I like him, too. He's athletic. You know, yeah. obviously guys will struggle going against Edie, but he was he was taking him on as best as he could last night. Yeah, our coaches love Pharrell Payne. They, they've talked about him all season long, how much they love him. I, I'm here to tell you, it, I, don't, I hope I'm allowed to say this. I hope this is, there's nothing illegal about this. But if Pharrell okay. Payne ever said he was going to get in the transfer portal, I guarantee you the Purdue coaches would be the first call. Uh, I tell you what, they just they love that guy. Love how hard he plays. And the fact is he's not afraid. I mean, that's what they really like about him. You mentioned it. He went right at Zach Eady last night. And a lot of players do not do that. A lot of players shy away from Zach Eady. Uh, Pharrell Payne does not. Uh, he is not afraid. And, man, he's, he's built so well and he's strong. And he, he's not really polished offensively, right, John? You saw that. He's not – his skill level right. offensively isn't great yet, but he has all the other intangibles. So, uh, yeah, and he's a Minnesota kid, so I, I, don't, I don't think he'll be hitting the transfer portal anytime soon. Uh, he's playing in his home state, and, man, what a, what a great great find for, for Minnesota that he is. But, yes, he is, without question, uh, one, of the, one of the few guys I've seen this year that was not afraid to go right at Zach Eaton. i tell you, Rob, even that Jack Wilson guy, He's got a future of being some sort of villain, doesn't he? I, I, I tell you, I if, if there is a dude that I've seen recently that I wouldn't want to ever mess with in my life, it's that dude. That guy looks like he could, like, stuff you in a garbage can in a second. Oh, and uh, uh, so I, I was – so the athletic trainer for Minnesota basketball is actually a Purdue grad, and so I was talking to him before the game. His name is Ryan Dotson. And I was like, man, what's it like having that Jack Wilson on your team? Uh, and he's like, and he said, he said, talked exa- exactly the way you're talking, John. He said, when his college career is over, he's going to have a role in movies as a villain somewhere. Uh, I mean, 6'11", 285, and I don't know, 5% body fat, maybe? I mean, yeah. the guy's all muscles. He's humongous, yes. <laughs> I mean, he makes Arnold Schwarzenegger blush if he was standing beside him. That guy is a – now, not a very good basketball player, not real skilled. No, no. But, yeah, no, he looks the part, man. He, he's one of the biggest, uh, most impressive, muscular human beings I've ever, ever seen up close and personal. Well, he put up – when he did that hook and hold against Edie, he kind of – he kind of put him up on his back a little bit right there on <laughs> yeah. that hook and hold. And, and I, I love it. Pounds. <laughs> yeah. He, and he wasn't even, he wasn't even about to try to say that he didn't do it. I think he was just kind of happy that he did it. You know, he was like, yeah, I did it. So oh. what? Yeah. He, it, maybe, and if he ends up in professional wrestling, I could see that too. Cause he looks the part, man. He does. It's a uh, Rob Blackman, Boilermaker radio network that win against Minnesota last night. Next up. And these situations sometimes can go either way. So Chris Holtman earlier this week is cut loose over in Columbus. John Diebler is the uh, interim head coach, I believe they're correct, going into to Sunday. Um, uh, it can yep, go out. Is, yep. Yeah, yep. And uh, to me, it can go either way. It can go to um, they could just fade away, be done, or there could be a little bit of re-inspiration there with Diebler as, as the coach. I, I, what are you expecting to see from them at Columbus on Sunday? 
Man, that's a, such a good question, John, because you're right. It could go either way. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today. If, um, you know, if this was 10 years ago and there was no such thing as a transfer portal, I would expect Ohio State to play like a team that wants to win one for the Gipper, right? They want to they play for Chris Holtman. They want to win a game for their coach. But I can only imagine um, in this day and age of transfer portal that as soon as that announcement was made that Chris Holtman had been fired, I can only assume the, those players for Ohio State's phones start blowing up, right? About coaching. Even I'm sure it's, that's probably illegal. I don't even think you're allowed to do that. I'm not sure actually on the rules on that, but I'm sure their phones are blowing up with coaches from all around the country trying to see if they'd be interested in transferring to their school. So I bring that up because will we see yeah. a team on, on Sunday that wants to, you know, wants to win one for the Gipper, wants to play hard for Chris Holtman and win a game for him? Or do we have a bunch of players that already have a foot out the door because they've heard from, you know, 50 different schools already over the last three or four days uh, about transferring when the season's over? So I'm not sure. I don't know what to expect. Uh, like I said, if it's 10 years ago, I'd expect to win one for the Gipper type of approach. But in this day and age of college basketball, it's gotten so crazy, John. I'm not sure what to, what to expect. You know, and I would tell you this, that you're right. I'm sure that their phones have been ringing off the hook about, hey, you don't want to mess around. This is going to be a long-term thing here. You know, why don't you come here and play for us? we got this package for you, blah, blah, blah. But, man, I think this happens daily anyway now. This is such a stinking Wild West with NIL and packages and money. I, I think I brought this up to you before. Like, when, when Dusty May's Florida Atlantic team, they're in New York, Madison Square Garden for the regionals. I mean, they, they had people calling his kids all the time. I mean, trying to yeah, get this. Yeah. Hey, when this is over, you want to come here? So, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it matters really um, – the situation, but it is probably, to your point, more magnified in a situation that is so at question right now as their head coaching job and that program in the short term moving forward. Yeah, and you think about so if you're a player at Ohio State or wherever, you know, if your coach gets fired midseason, maybe you haven't been taking those phone calls that have been coming in from other schools, but now all of a sudden your coach is relieved of his duties. Well, now all of a sudden you do start feeling those calls yeah. because you, you want to keep your options open. So you're right, man. You, you called it. It's the wild, wild west. Uh, how guys like Matt Painter and, and all these coaches can keep their sanity about him. You mentioned Dusty May. I might, what a crappy deal for him. Here he's got his team going to the final four and he has to worry about all of his players getting, trying to get poached from other programs. So, I don't know how the coaches keep their sanity about them, but it, it's some crazy stuff, man. No, it, it is. It, it is that. And then now, you know, for example, Dusty's in, you know, the American Athletic. And if, you know, they've lost some games. If they win by five, it's not enough. It's kind of, it's never enough for them now. It's, eh, you know, it was all luck last year and all that, all good fortune last year. So it's, it is strange how things can go in basketball in general, certainly in college basketball. Yeah, and uh, I, what it, <laughs> you often wonder about uh, guys that maybe got out of it, uh, got out of coaching, like, say, a Jay Wright or something, maybe a few years earlier than they probably, yeah. probably would have otherwise. Uh, they probably just didn't want to mess with this kind of stuff. So I think we're seeing that, too, in college football, don't you, John? We're seeing some uh, some guys that yeah. are re- really good college coaches. They're making a making a move to the NFL to be assistants just because you don't have to have to handle the headache of transfer portal and NIL stuff every single day, 24 hours a day. 
I don't think there's any question about that. And I think that that's going to happen more. And I will, Rob, I will tell you this um, from people that I have talked to. And, and who knows when this will really start and to the point have the impact that we will begin to recognize it. But the devaluing with NIL money of the coach. I mean, will that devalue the coach? Because the value is all going to be in, you know, the packages you have to bring the player in. And will that at all devalue the coach? Well, the coach doesn't matter that much as long as you have the players that are in here. I'm kind of wondering if that's not the case moving forward longer term, as long as we have the rules as they are presently. Yeah, think about this, John. That, That was always the question at the NBA level. Or I suppose even the other professional sports, but well, if the player makes more than the coach, what, what, what's the uh, what's the uh, the benefit of listening yeah. to the coach? <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Little did we know that this may one day trickle down to the college game. <laughs> unfortunately, now I don't think there are any players on Purdue's roster making more than Matt Painter, and I think that's probably fair to say at most colleges across the university, uh, players making more than the head coach. But yes, it certainly becomes a, a question. There's no doubt about that. For at least moving forward. It is Rob Blackman of the Boilermaker Radio Network, the play-by-play voice, Purdue, Ohio State, and Columbus coming up on Sunday. A couple of guys I thought stood out last night besides the obvious. Um, I thought one was Caleb first. He'd been kind of, for lack of a better description, lost in the shuffle for a while. I thought that he gave Matt a number of really strong minutes last night. He did. We talked about that with uh, Matt in the postgame show, actually. We one of the very first guys we talked about. Uh, because, look, Caleb played 11 minutes last night, and there have been some games here recently where he's played maybe two and a half to three minutes. Uh, he just hadn't been playing a lot of minutes. Now, big reason for that is obviously he's the backup to Zach Eady. If you're going to back up Zach Eady, you're not going to play very often. But when in, when Purdue got in the pinch last night and Zach Eady had early foul trouble, had those 2,000 in the first half, uh, Caleb answered the bell. And for a guy that hadn't been playing a lot of minutes lately, that was that was really good to see. I mean, he made his two shots uh, that he took. He made two of his three free throws. Uh, I think he ended up with three rebounds, all told, maybe, or something like that. But, yeah, he just kind of – he studied the ship, right, for Purdue when, uh, when Zach Eady went out of the game, which that's always – look, that's always going to be a concern. I mean, that's easy to say. Yeah. When the national player of the year has to go to the bench in foul trouble, you are going to be concerned. I don't care who you are. Uh, but the fact that Caleb was just, yeah, just kind of – Treaded water, if you will, for Purdue. Let Purdue hang in there a little bit until you could get Zach back in the game. I thought that was one of actually Caleb's better better efforts we'd seen all year. And a real testament to him because, look, you think about last year, Caleb first was a starter. You know, he was a starter normally in the rotation. And now he's a guy that, that, that sometimes, like I said, plays two minutes a game. So the fact that he was ready to answer the bell when his number got called, that, that just speaks awfully highly of him. Hey, Rob, the other was Mason Gillis. And if you can count on that three, as Purdue fans are counting on now, that makes this offense even more dangerous. Because when he is in there and Edie's in the low block, then that rotation is just simply never going to get to him. Or it's going to leave somebody else that may not be as potent, but somebody else that can step into a nice, decent look, a nice, clean look even more dangerous. I thought last night that was a huge deal for them. And moving forward, I think that's going to be an even larger deal for them in, in what they want to do, again, in, in situations where you're going to get that double on Edie 
and somebody's going to get that wide open shot. We saw a number of times Gillis step into it and do what he's accustomed now to doing, knocking it down. Yeah, and think about this. So he's shooting 49% from three, and you watch Purdue enough, John. You know this. Purdue does a great job of putting him right at the top of the key and then obviously anchoring Zach Eady down below uh, in front of the basket. So you don't have any help side defense because the ball's in the middle of the floor, and you can't help off the guy who has the ball at the top of the key because that's Mason Gillis, because if you do, you're running a 50-50 chance that he's going to make a three-point shot. So that's why Zach Eady, you know, you talk about the three-point shooting and how, how, uh, how beneficial that is for Purdue. It also is very beneficial for Zach Eady because he gets one-on-one in the post in those situations. Uh, because, again, you're not doubling off uh, Mason from the top, and you can't double off from the wings because the ball's in the middle of the floor. Uh, so that, that little combo there has been deadly this year with Mason at the top of the key and then Zach anchoring himself right in front of the basket. Uh, but, yeah, what eight? He's a senior, man, and he's been playing like a senior. He's a 50-year guy. Remember, he registered at his freshman year, so uh, he's been playing like a 50-year player, four of eight from three last night, and that, that's kind of what he's done. He, you know, he did something very similar at the Nebraska game, even though Purdue lost. If you remember that first half, Purdue had nothing going offensively. I mean, nothing, except for Mason Gillis. He had 16 points in that game. He actually kept Purdue afloat in the first half and at least gave Purdue a chance. Now, Purdue didn't win the game, but he was at least the one guy that was doing something for Purdue. So, to have him come off the bench and be your backup four, um, yeah, man, what, what a benefit for, for Coach Painter and, and that team. All right, so uh, number two Purdue in Ohio State. That tip time is at 1 o'clock. You go on the air at noon, correct? That is correct. 1 o'clock at uh, the Value City Arena. You know that, that uh, Buckets came on here last week, too. Was he impressed? Did he tell you how impressed he was to make his debut on this show? Yeah, he was pretty pumped up about that. He feels like he's a real uh, real media guy now. he got to be on the <laughs> That's awesome, man. It is. All right. Now, are you going to get down here before you head over to Columbus at all, or are you going to stay up in the Zionsville area before you head out of town? I'll stay tucked away here in my nice little home in Zionsville watching the snowfall. But I will not be sleeping in my vehicle. I can promise you that. (laughs) Man, I'm going to tell you what, though. There's something to be said about it. I think part of my rally was from that. That's literally like three and a half hours of extra sleep I got. And I left the heater on. I bet it was 105 degrees in my truck. Oh my I was God. sweating and everything. Your own personal <laughs> sauna. Are you still you yeah. still driving that vehicle that has like 300,000 miles on it? 338,000 miles, my brother. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is, man, that's something. Whew. On the way to half a mil. And then somebody better write a damn story about that. Because what it does, it tells you it tells you that the annual maintenance, you stay after maintenance-wise, you can improve the longevity of your vehicle. So hopefully, although I don't, maybe they don't want that out there, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping they do a story about me. So, yeah, I hope so. Hope we get there. What do you think? Have you ever looked up, like, what the Kelly Blue Book value is on that thing? I haven't. That's a good point. Huh, I have I not. 337,000 yeah, so. miles, I don't know. How about that? Yeah, and I I bet I get the oil changed about every other week on it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it is impressive. I have a great call on Sunday, and uh, tell everybody up there we said hello, 
Outstanding per usual. Great call last night per usual, Rob, and uh, I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Okay, John. See you, partner. Have a great weekend, man. You too, buddy. Rob Blackman, voice of the Purdue Boilermakers. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group byline because he is all over the place. High school, collegiate, everything on Indiana Sports Talk. He's our friend Bob Lovell. Also brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. Run by Joe Chillers, CarX.com today. So are we having a busy weekend, Bob? Yeah, we really are, John. You got uh, girls semi-states. Boys are in, uh, you know, regular season mode. Uh, Greg Rakestraw and I are hosting the pairing show on Sunday. And there's college basketball galore, and those, there's also this little something called the All Star Game. So yeah, we got a we got a little bit going on. Yeah, you know, normally the best time of year, and I'm not trying to sidestep at all. The finals coming up next week, but yeah, in terms of both the girls and the boys, I'm hard pressed to find anything better than the uh, semi state action that you're going to see for the girls tomorrow. And then, of course, you know, further down the road for the fellas. But it may be the best weekend high school basketball has to offer. I always think it is, John. I mean, you have, uh, because of the, the stakes and because you have more games, obviously. So, you know, on finals weekend, clearly you have four, but you bump it up. So tomorrow you got a lot of games and, and, I mean, a lot of great matchups. And so if you're a basketball fan looking for some place to go in spite of this bad weather, uh, you get some tremendous games, and when you come to Indianapolis next weekend and play for a championship, so yeah, this has been—it's gone quickly. We said it would be some pretty evenly matched and balanced basketball, and it clearly has been that way. To Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, he's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. I know that there are lots of venues with semi-state action coming up tomorrow, but. Again, you'd be hard-pressed in this situation to find anything better than what you're going to see down at the uh, awesome Southport Fieldhouse. That thing is loaded beginning at 10 a.m. in the morning. Well, it is, and it's just one of those situations where, obviously, I have a lot uh, of interest in in a game. So do you. Yes, you do. Lawrence Central yes. playing Plainfield in the first game. It's Center Grove and Franklin in their rematch. They played each other earlier in the year. And so, um, yeah, start there and work your way back. Those are those are two really, really good ball games, to say the least. And and that's it. That's going to be you know get an early start because the weather is what it is. But those are those are great matchups, John. And that's just in in four A. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think there's any question. And you look around, uh, some really compelling stories uh, all over the state. You have sites at, at Laporte. You have sites at Huntington North. You have them in Jasper and Logansport and Shelbyville, Frankfurt, New Albany. So plenty of places to go see great basketball tomorrow. Yeah, you mentioned the weather being what it is, and the weather is kind of wrecking some things on this Friday, especially in the uh, the southern rural areas. I saw a lot of games either being postponed or canceled, and I mean, I look outside right now, it doesn't look like around here that it would be, you know, enough 
to be doing that type of damage. But I know a lot of schools, at least down south, got out of school early in preparation. Maybe they're getting more than what we have here, but certainly around here would not indicate that you needed to do that. I just think they're being cautious, John. I, I think that the, the, I'm not a weatherman by any means, but I think <laughs> you have uh, much uh, much more predicted uh, in the northern part of the state than it is here. And so still, you'd be safe. You hope it doesn't have an impact on the semi-states, but uh, uh, obviously we'll all have to wait and find out. To Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, and Sunday you're going to be busy as well, right? Pairing show, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock, live from the IHSAA with the uh, the national treasure, Greg Rickstraw, and his uh, 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 unbelievable, uh, unbelievable recall, his tremendous situation. <laughs> There's no one like him. Absolutely no one. There is not anyone like him. There won't be anyone like him. And so, you know, you want to tune in. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that pretty face, so to speak. But uh, we've got the pairings on, on Sunday night. Now, you start in 4A for the pairings. Obviously, you look at, uh, you know, top 10 in Class 4A from Fishers at Noblesville, Westfield, Lawrence North, Kokomo, Greenfield Central has had a great season unbeaten so far. Ben Davis trying to repeat. Cathedral Addicts, CG's having a good year with Zach Hahn down in Bargersville. It's a lot to offer in 4A in that top 10. What well, sounds to me like you, uh, you're you all ready to go. You're ready to take over for me. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll borrow some <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the lead-in. Oh, I'm going to be at the winner's circle. I'm the lead-in from 3 until 5 for you guys on Sunday. You yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, you look, I mean, seriously, sectional number 8, you have uh, four teams that are ranked in the top 15. Just uh, start there. Number, number 2, Noblesville. Number 1, Fishers. Number five, uh, 15, Carmel. Number 3, Westfield. Then you mentioned New, uh, Greenfield Central. You know, the sectional yep. they're in at Greenfield Central. Uh, number 11, Richmond. Uh, number 6, Greenfield Central. Number 12, Anderson. Uh, just keep going. Then you go to sectional 10 at Lawrence North. You have number 9, Attics. Number 4, Lawrence North. Number 8, Cathedral. Uh, ben Davis is ranked number 7, taking on uh, – and they're going to the Southport sectional. So, yeah, they're, they're tremendously competitive sectionals. And we all understand historically that upsets are not the uh, the uh, exception. They're the norm when it comes to tournament time. So I'd say be ready for just about anything. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. He's brought to you every Friday right here, Bri. Our 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com today. 3A Danville Brebuff, Heritage Hills, obviously with the yeah. Sicily kid down there, is a tremendous player. Scottsburg, Belmont, Evansville Memorial, Garen. I mean, you're looking in that top ten pretty stacked there as well. Right. Well, it just for you, just for you, I always difficult – Sectional 63. This time it's at Lagodi. So down there, think about these things. You know, Orleans is number three. Yep. Barreve is number two. Lagodi's number seven. So you got three teams in the top. That's crazy. In one sectional in single A down at Lagodi. That, um, you know, it's funny. Most people say, hey, you know, you can't have all these good teams in one class all stacked right, up together. Right. But they love that. Yeah. They love that there. There's nothing better than bragging rights down there. 
for games like that. Well, they, they're, yeah, they're they're used to it. They set their schedules based on it. You know, you see them change some things, try and beef up their schedules and, and do all of that. And but it, it is one of those situations, John. That type of sectional is uh, one that's pointed to by a lot of people who are in favor of seeding the tournament as as an example of why you should do it. And I, I tend to think, like you say, I think if you ask the people down in sectional 61, they're fine with it. <laughs> their, their line, I think, would be you got to beat the best to beat the best. And so you're going to find out. You're gonna, and literally, I think you'll find out um, early on in, in those particular situations. Uh, we'll find out Sunday who's going to be uh, matched up in terms of ranked teams playing ranked teams in the first round. We have We have a handful of those every year, and I don't doubt that we'll have the same thing this time around. So, Bob Lovell with us, you think they ever end up seeding these things? You think we ever get to that point? No, I don't. You know what? I don't know. I, I would have said I never, that we would never go to class basketball, too. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's gaining some momentum, if you will, uh, maybe even you know, slowly gaining momentum. I, I, I don't know. I just think that I've always wondered in these kinds of situations, it's adults like you and me and others who make decisions. How about we ask the kids what they want to do? Try and, you know, try that. <laughs> this is all supposed to be for them. Why don't we ask them? <laughs> ask them and see what they think. So I don't, I don't know. I try, listen, I try not to take a, a side one way or the other. I try to be in this. I try to be Switzerland because, uh, I mean, my show's not supposed to be uh, opinion based show. Mine's about results and about what happens. And so, uh, I, I tend to think at the end of the day, whatever is good for the kids, you ought to give it some thought. Yeah, I, I just – I always looked at seating. I wouldn't be concerned about that. Kind of like I view a shot clock. I'm just not very yeah, concerned no, about way. that either. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think the other part of it is give me some – you know, when we went to class basketball, I, I'm still waiting for the compelling reason why we needed to do it. So – I'm the same way here with shot clock. Tell me why we have to do it. Is there something wrong with basketball, high school basketball in the state of Indiana? I, I, I don't. I mean, I talk about it every weekend. I don't see anything wrong. But you, you tell me now we got to change because we got a shot clock. And now you want to, you want to, we need to change because we need uh, to see the tournament. Well, it's the classic. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Situation, and I, I tend to err on the side of uh, let's just go ahead and continue to do the good things we're doing. You know, I kind of look at it this way: as far as the shot clock is concerned, there's only barely a handful of teams that you would right. qualify. I mean, right. hell, right. you know, most teams now get it down to the floor and get it up as quickly as they can, because you know, you watch. You watch how other teams, this is all kind of a trickle-down effect. I mean, we got the NBA All-Star Weekend here, and, mm-hmm. you know, you see mm-hmm. how they play. And I was talking to Chris Finch, who's the head coach of the Western All-Stars earlier this week at Minnesota, and, you know, he's my age, and we're from the era of, you know, the offense being a, you know, a, a flex type of offense, um, right. and, and there's a lot of passing going on, and, and uh, a lot of moving, no. and, and he he kind of laughed about that and said, "Yeah, we're just we're we're way past that now, and we'll never we're never going to get back to that." And I would tend to agree. And that trickle down effect happens, you know, not just at the higher levels, but all the way down to the lowest levels, high school basketball, and even lower. And I think, for the most part, there's only a handful of schools that would require a shot clock. To me, that's about it. Yeah, I I, yeah, I agree. I think if you look at, uh, at at games and you look at how you know just on an average possession, 
how long it takes to get a shot. Um, I think you'd be surprised that it doesn't, as you point out, doesn't take very long. And, and again, no. you know, as the coach in me says, I just I don't necessarily like the fact that you might be taking away my ability to alter a game based on how we how we uh, approach things. And so, allow them to be able to do some things. Clearly, you played games where you've been in a situation where the team you're playing is vastly superior to you are talent wise. So, how do you even sum of that up? And you know, by most of us understand, try to shorten the game and, and try to make some plays when you have to. And if you take that away from us, that's another tool you've taken away from the coaches. So I'm not a big proponent. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it at all. Well, you watched how Caitlin Clark last night broke that record, right. you know, for the NCAA all-time score uh, with right. a little bit of style and panache, which yeah. I'm assuming there's a trickle-down effect there, too putting it up yeah. from about 30 feet and draining it like that. And that's more times than not now. Yeah, yeah. A couple of bounces yeah. and she lets it go. And I think if you go out and watch the ball game, you're seeing, you are seeing uh, more of that long-range marksmanship, so to speak. Uh, if it goes yeah. in, I think it's great. Um, but you know what? It's uh, This is the new game. The game you and I played uh, has been replaced, no question. It is pace. It's, Bob, pace. Yeah. It, it's all kind of stuff. It's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Tonight, tomorrow night, he's going to have a reaction in preparation for tomorrow, I'm assuming, both high school and college. And then a lot of Saturday reaction coming up tomorrow night on Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com today. Have an outstanding weekend, Bob. Enjoy everything that's going on. The epicenter of hoop is around here, and we love it. Best place to be. It's great to be a Hoosier. I know that. You got that, Thanks buddy. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.